Hey, what's up? It's Kevin Brill. Welcome to the audio component of what I'm publishing here on this platform. This is going to be a look into a piece of work that I wrote here called Love is a Practice. And essentially, this story just came from an experience that I had in downtown Toronto, standing, waiting for a subway to come, a train to come. And it's an interesting thing because, you know, in writing this story and in talking about this story and in sharing it with other people, it's kind of, I don't know what the right word would be other than just, it's a little bit, I don't know, mysterious in the sense that I essentially was standing waiting for a train. I just saw a younger man. I'm not sure how old, maybe a teenager, maybe in his early 20s. I really couldn't tell you. And he just looked really depressed. And that's such a weird thing to say, right? Such a kind of an odd judgment or label just to throw up on something. But, you know, take it for what it's worth. That's just what my gut level read of the situation was his body language, his energy, his eyes, where he was looking, just. And as someone who struggled with that kind of stuff, it just related to me. And I just felt, yeah, this guy doesn't seem to be in a good place. And essentially, I started watching this guy and just observing him a little bit in a train station. And, you know, he's just sitting there at first and there's nothing really to notice at all other than just maybe his body language or something like that or his general energy, if you believe in that sort of thing. And then as you know, it got closer to the train coming, he sort of stood up and he started to move towards the platform in a way in which I just found a little bit odd. And I started to get really concerned. And I just had this random thought in my mind that said, this guy's going to jump in front of the train, which again, where do you, where do you come up with this stuff right now? <laughs> Saying it out loud, it, it sounds kind of silly or ridiculous or just a huge projection of some sort to suggest that. But, you know, it's just what I felt in that moment. And I just kind of followed that intuition. And so I sort of started trying to get closer to him. And he ended up standing on, if anyone's familiar with, you know, a subway or a train station or whatever, there's usually a concrete kind of platform. And then there's these yellow lines that are kind of like caution lines don't stand this close to the train because it might hit you and hurt you kind of thing, right? And he was literally standing right on the edge of that line. And I just kind of walked closer to him and I just got right beside him and I just said, hey man. And that was all I could think of of saying, right? I just, I don't know, what do you say in that situation? And he just gave me this look that was so puzzling or troubling to me. I don't know how you would describe it. It was just like he was looking past me or through me or something. It wasn't even there. And anyways, we ended up both getting on this train and going where we were supposed to be going. And I just kept noticing him and his energy and what he was kind of just exuding, which seemed to just be some level of sadness or depression or anxiousness. But there was this defeated kind of quality to him that really resonated with me. And I think that that was what 
made me want to write about it and explore it a little bit further was there's something that happens when you've been really struggling with depression for a prolonged period of time. And that could really be a few days or a few weeks or a few months or whatever. But when it starts to kind of compound and build upon itself, there's this thing that happens, I find, at least for me and my experience, where you just feel defeated. You lack the energy to even try to push back against it anymore. And you just feel stuck in that place. And gosh, there's something that's so real and heavy about that. And I think that it just comes from this place of you kind of start to lose hope. And you kind of start to just go, yeah, you know, this is just how it is now, you know, and you're just kind of stuck in that place. And there's no more optimism about what the future could be. You're just stuck in this place that goes, yep, this is, this is it. This is my life, you know, and that is the worst place to be. It's one of the worst places to be, in my opinion, and in my personal experience with it, because at that point, any possible experience or event that happens in your life is going to be completely ignored and missed because your energy is in such a dark place. And I think that's why sometimes for people who are really struggling or going through a really difficult season of life or mental health or whatever, it can be so hard to work your way out of that because you get to this place where you start missing all the beauty in life. You start missing all the joy. You start missing all the opportunities to be grateful. You start missing the things that used to make you feel alive or connected or a part of a community or whatever. You just start missing it because your energy isn't making you available to the experience because you're in such a dark, low place. And I just kind of felt that energy coming off of him. And so I just kind of kept observing him, I guess, which sounds sort of odd, but it just, it felt like the right thing to do. I don't know how to describe that. It just felt like, yeah, the right thing to do. And so we kept kind of riding this train and then I ended up getting off before he did. And I kind of gave him like a nod on the way out and he didn't even respond or, you know, whatever. And I just was really interested by the idea that someone could be in that place And that once I step off that train, I have no idea what's going to happen to him. And I also have no idea if what I was thinking was even right, you know, or even true in any capacity or whether it was just all a projection. And I kind of thought that was an interesting idea because that in a lot of ways is why it's easier not to care, right? That's why it's easier not to get emotionally invested in strangers that you see at a train station, you know, because there can be this weight that comes with it where you kind of start to wonder or you start to maybe question yourself or ask yourself, should I have done more? And I think that's kind of at the root of why we don't engage with a lot of strangers or situations sometimes is because it's just, it can be overwhelming and it can kind of be paralyzing and it can kind of be just heavy. And so I think we kind of unconsciously turn away from so many different situations because we just don't want to carry it. And we just don't actually want to have to think. We don't actually want to go 
oh, geez, you know, is this guy really struggling or is this really happening? Or wow, that's really sad. Because again, once you're holding on to that, how do you put it down? Right? What are you going to do with it? And I think that that is a big thing for a lot of people. And it really holds us back, though, in some ways from having a more full human experience. Because I think when we turn away from all these moments and we just pretend we don't see them or we just walk by and we pretend that person's not there, you know what I mean? Or you just pretend you're not hearing two people breaking up or you know what I mean? When you just pretend and you just kind of try and keep your head down and keep moving type of thing. I think that you know, of course, the upside to that is, yeah, you don't have to deal with those feelings and you can just carry on with your day and whatever it is that you want to think about. But the downside of that is you kind of forget that all of us are living with such similar interior lives or emotional lives or experiences. And I think sometimes we're afraid to listen to those things or see those things or hear those things because they're too deeply... I don't want to use the word triggering, but they, they stir up feelings within ourselves that maybe we didn't want to feel or maybe we felt before. And these experiences would be too much of a mirror to kind of see those things again, right? And I think that that can be a huge challenge. And so instead of engaging with it or thinking about it critically or kind of diving in and going, hmm, I wonder why I feel so, you know, fill in the blank to whatever you're feeling, we just ignore it. And I think that that's easy. And I think that that serves us in some situations. You obviously can't go around life (laughs) thinking about every single person's, you know, problems and personal life and relationships, because, you know, at the end of the day, you would just, you would just fall over, right? You would just be exhausted and confused and and it probably wouldn't actually serve um, a larger purpose of any sort. But I think that it's kind of sad how we lose that ability to just engage and feel something and go, yeah, these things happen and other people feel this stuff and other people go through similar things. And I'm not the only person in this human experience feeling these things. And I think that can actually be helpful and not just in the sense of, oh, you know, I'm not alone. Like that's great. And in times when you're in a really hard place, sometimes the biggest thing is just to go, oh, I'm not alone. And that feels amazing completely. And I can totally understand that. But I think there's something larger than that, which is just going, yeah, like these things are human and these are human problems. And these are things that are not easy to solve and don't have a quick fix necessarily, but they teach us a lot. And all of these moments can kind of teach us something if we're willing to if we're willing to allow them into our lives and into our minds. And I think, you know, what I took from it was just, there's a lot of people out there who are going through things that maybe you can't understand or know in that moment, but that by caring about it just a little bit, just a tiny bit puts you back in touch with this part of yourself that otherwise can just kind of get pushed down and pushed down and pushed down until it's not there. And I think that when we practice kind of that love, you know, for someone else, even though that sounds kind of like a platitude or something, but when we just practice that tiny bit of having some compassion or empathy or love for someone that we don't know, I think that enriches our ability to care about ourselves. And again, that can kind of sound vague or you know, but I think that it's real because I think when you feel those things for someone else, 
it puts you back in touch with that part of yourself that we have such a hard time with, which is self-compassion and self-empathy. And I have a really hard time with this. So I'm not on any pedestal, you know, preaching down or anything like this. I have a really hard time with those emotions and those things like to be empathetic towards myself and all that kind of stuff. I mean, sometimes that makes me just roll my eyes and go, you know, like I have a very challenging time with that. But I think that when we extend that kindness to other people, it reminds us how important it is to extend that kindness to ourselves and that we always have that opportunity. And when we shut off from it over and over and over again, right? I think we just kind of lose some of that. And that kind of scares me because I think that when you can't love yourself, now you can't really show up in the world at all, right? <laughs> if you don't love yourself on some level, if you don't have some self-compassion, if you don't have some empathy for yourself, you will not have that for other people. And now you're a really different human being because you don't have love for yourself. You don't have love for others. You can't give, you can't serve, you can't be um, a bridge for someone to kind of get from their pain to something else. And I think that that is something that we never really think about. And for me, that experience kind of gave me this idea to explore that a little bit more. And I think it's a really interesting idea. And one worth thinking about is just the next time you turn away from something instinctually to go, why am I turning away from this? And to ask yourself this question, is it because it just makes me uncomfortable? And that's totally okay, right? That's totally normal. It happens to me every day and I'm sure almost everyone every day. But just to ask yourself that question and then go, okay, if it makes me uncomfortable, why does it make me uncomfortable? And see if you can just hang in for a second longer and see what's underneath that because I think that will actually be valuable in some capacity and it has been for me. And so, you know, it's not to say every time I walk by something happening, I stop and get super deep about it and go, wow, I wonder what's going on here. You know, I don't. But just in little moments when you have that gut feeling, that little bit of intuition that says, hey, this might be something that's worth paying attention to on some level. I try and just pause and, and think about it. And I, and I do that for myself. And I do that in hopes that I'll cultivate more of those tools for myself. And I think that that was what kind of interested me about writing this story and sharing the story. And, and kind of just what I took from it was that if we can't love other people, we're going to have a really hard time loving ourselves. So that's it. Hope you enjoyed. Okay, peace.